I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcast, and I'd welcome to an all new Nerd Alert. Today it's going to be an interesting topic. Uh, uh, I, I zigged, and and the doc said we should zag, and uh, I, I I think it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a kind of fun combination. We're going to zig and zag a little bit. So we're not ending things on a down note. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, mostly looking forward to see if me and the doc once again have like the same list. Because um, our minds <laughs> think a lot alike. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not a repeat of the ca- fan casting of Batman. <laughs> for where we might as well have the same list. Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me introduce my co-hosts, the people who are going to help me zig and zag this week. First up, my right-hand man. The man who keeps the nerd in the top nerd tubing network, the man who's going to learn you something whether you like it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Commander Scott. I reject your reality and substitute my own. What do you think of when I say that? Annoying kids uh, from college? No. Okay. A movie? A movie? Annoying what movie? kids from high school? Uh... I can't remember. It's a quote from a movie, isn't it? It is a quote from a movie, but that's not what made it popular. So what made it popular was Adam Savage on Mythbusters. And that's where Ah, I, yes. Yes, that's where I knew it from. I reject your reality and substitute my own. However, it's not his. And I just recently found this out, that it is not his quote. He said it on Mythbusters, but he learned it from a gentleman named Ralph Miller, who was a model maker and sculptor. Uh, who worked for Jamie Heineman uh, at the time that Adam Savage worked for Jamie Heineman years before Mythbusters uh, when they worked with his production company for commercials and stuff. And, and, and Adam Savage kind of hung on to it uh, until Mythbusters. And then it just kind of went viral from there, but it's from a movie called the dungeon master 1984. Okay. Uh, I've never seen this, never heard of it before this. Um, where a demonic wizard challenges a modern-day computer programmer to a battle of technology versus sorcery with the programmer's girlfriend as the prize. And even though this is a night, mid, uh, you know, early mid-80s, low-budget sci-fi fantasy full of 80s awesomeness, the villain, the, the antagonist, is played by none other than Richard Maul. 
Bull Shannon himself. Lower your expectations, Scott. I'm I'm looking at the the just the the pre the preview trailer thing that goes on IMDb with the the sound muted, but um, I'm loving this and I want to find a copy of it and I want to watch it. I want to watch it so bad because uh, I'd only ever heard, like I said, Adam Savage do this quote. I didn't know it came from a movie. I just found this out and I thought it was funny and and I wanted to share. So thanks. There you go. Now we can properly attribute that quote whenever you use it in real life. Exactly. Or the reality that you choose to substitute with. That works too. Okay. Uh, rounding out our terrible trio, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via the DeLorean. Ladies and gents, it's the Doc. Abba Zabba, you my only friend. Sorry, wow. you were talking about you were you were zigging zagging, and so I thought zigzags, and then that mm-hmm. got me talking about thinking about half baked. <clears throat> no man. No Billy Bong Thornton. Bust out Wesley Pipes. Oh, man. I like that movie for all that the wrong reasons. Like three-fourths <laughs> of a great movie. Uh, God, I'm sorry, Buttercup. Butternut. Buttercup. <laughs> I didn't know the horse was diabetic. <laughs> I like eating popcorn because it makes your teeth go pop, 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 pop. Uh, yeah. He was okay. perfect. He was perfect for that role. He was. He was good in that. It's no Rocket Man, but all right, moving on. Uh, our topic today the zigging and the zagging. So I pitched an idea, and, and Jay took it in an, a different direction, kind of a 180, and I liked his better because I think. It's something we don't talk about quite as much, but we're going to be a little negative. So uh, stick with us. We're going to brighten it up at the end here. But our main topic today is there's that old cliche in storytelling of the last ride. You know, that 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 your hero dusting off the boots and coming back into action for one last ride. Well, this is going to be the character's that stuck around one last ride too long. Uh, the ones we wish would have just stayed retired uh, and, and, and not, you know, dusted off the boots and put the gun belt back on. Uh, these are or characters or movies or projects or whatever, TV shows, could be anything, uh, who should have just stayed done. Um, Jay, if you don't mind, I, I've got one to kick it off with. You want to start? If you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Just because I've been thinking. So this hit me last night when I was trying to come up with my list. And it's all I could think about for like an hour because it just got me just pissed just thinking about it. Um, okay. One of the greatest action stars in the entire action genre in cinematic history. The guy who helped define what action movies were in the 80s, the character and the actor. Um and and this character became a a a trope or a cliche of their own because of their popularity. Even if you've never seen the movie, you're gonna know who I'm talking about. John Rambo. You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. So we kick <laughs> things off with first blood, which is and, and first of all, side rant, this is the most frustratingly nonsensically titled movie series of any freaking franchise ever. 
Yes. Agreed. First Blood. Okay, makes sense. Title of the book. Got it. Cool. Second movie, Rambo. First Blood Part 2. Okay, a little long in the tooth, but I can still follow your numbering. It's First Blood Part 2, but we're calling it Rambo now. Cool, got it. Next movie, Rambo 3. No, you're Rambo 2, First Blood Part 3. Next movie, just Rambo. No numbering, just Rambo. And depending no. on what uh, market you lived in, it was Rambo, the fight continues. But no numbers anywhere, just Rambo. Oh, okay. No, it's that it's won't be Rambo, three, Rambo 3, First Blood Part 4. Sure. Uh, but they just <laughs> called it Rambo. And then we get to the only other title that makes sense, but it's on the wrong movie. We get to the fifth film, which is Rambo Last Blood, which should have been the title for the fourth movie. That's what we're about to get to today. So, Rambo. The first movie is is very different from the rest of the franchise. The first movie, again, based on the novel, it's about the the Vietnam vet who kind of you know gets a loose wire and goes on a rampage. But from the second movie on, they turned the franchise into the archetypal '80s action movie strongman. Uh, Rambo. He defined action in the 80s. He was the one-man army taking on the bad guys, M60 in one hand, uh, j- j- badassery Rambo. We love him for it, okay? And, and they continue that forward. And then we got Rambo... Sorry. Rambo 3 First Blood Part 4. <laughs> A.K.A. Rambo. <laughs> Which was sort of that, okay, it's a sequel decades after the last one. Uh, it was it was around the same time Stallone did Rocky Balboa. And it was kind of like, okay, he's dusting off the old characters and giving them one last big hurrah. And I think this movie surprised a lot of people because it for something we all kind of wrote off, oh man, Stallone is like pushing 70, he's still going to be Rambo, that ain't going to work. Well, it works. It's a good movie. The action is brutal. It's probably the most like gory, violent of the Rambo movies. Uh, that end climactic scene where he's up on the 50 cal just blowing people apart is awesome. Um, it was the big testosterone-driven action fest kind of send-off you wanted to give the character. And it has what should have been the perfect ending for the character of John Rambo. At the beginning of First Blood, we first see him walking down the road wearing combat boots and beat-up blue jeans and his, his dusty old army coat with a bag slung over his shoulder, going to find one of his old squad mates, the last of his old squad mates that we find out. And then we found out that squad mate is dead. And he, he tosses the photo of his squad away because his squad is gone. And it's a man who has, at that point, lost all his ties. He's lost his family. He's got no one left. And that spirals him out of control the rest of the movie. So fast forward a couple decades, few decades later, end of Rambo 3, First Blood Part 4. I have to stop and think about that every time I say it. Uh, <laughs> it's like a math <laughs> equation in my head. <laughs> uh, subtract the subtitle, add the colon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> The, the end shot of that, after all the actions has, has um, commenced, uh, our, our, our button, our hook at the end of this film. He's, he's talked to characters, a character in the movie about he thinks his father is still alive, but he hasn't talked to him since he left for the war. Um, he, things didn't really work out for him when he tried to go home last time. So our last shot, Rambo, walking down the road, beat up blue jeans, old army coat bag over his shoulder stops turns down uh, a long uh, uh, driveway and starts walking off towards a ranch we can see in the distance and then and we see a mailbox and the name on the mailbox rambo rambo has finally gone home 
He's found a family. He's gone home. It is the equivalent of riding off into the sunset. It is the perfect ending for that character. To quote John, we made one more. Sorry, what was that? I was going to say, to quote Tommy Lee Jones, you're making me cry. And then we shout out one more. The only good Which, thing about this movie is the title, Rambo, Last Blood. And if you Which don't I actually remember, haven't don't, seen. Yeah, don't. Just don't. Here's what it is. It's Sylvester Stallone does Taken. Rambo's See, on the ranch. One of the, the uh, people who helps work the ranch. His dad's passed away. We never see his dad. Uh, one of the people who helped work the ranch has a daughter, and he's kind of helped apparently in the like 10 years since raise her as a daughter and she's like his own daughter and she gets kidnapped by some bad people when she goes home to Mexico to find her real dad and Stallone's got to go into Mexico City and fight the cartel to rescue her it's fucking taken that's it not once in this entire movie is there anything that remotely feels like Rambo and the whole thing climax uh, climaxes in this big third act thing where Rambo's been building digging tunnels under the ranch because Rambo apparently was a tunnel rat in Nam, even though he's way too tall and too big to be a Holy shit. There is no way Sylvester Stallone would have been a tunnel rat in Nam. Yeah, no, no. It's just there so we can have this big third act of them running through tunnels where he has booby traps set up. It's taken with the third act of Home Alone, but with an R rating. Is it the third act of Home Alone or the second act of the Friday the 13th reboot? Um, it's the third act of Skyfall, only in a tunnel, not a house. I don't know. I fell asleep during Skyfall, so I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's, there's, there's nothing about He spends most of the time in a cowboy shirt and a cowboy hat driving a pickup truck. And I'm like, if you'd have called this anything else and is titled the character or something besides John Ram, actually, they spend most of the time calling him John, not Rambo. Uh, you could have just passed this off as some generic stolen action movie, and then maybe I wouldn't hate it. But it's supposed to be Rambo, and it's supposed to be the end of Rambo. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's le- the way it ends, you, it's kind of up in the air if, okay, Rambo might be dead now. So that was that it sucks. It sucks so bad. Me and my dad saw this. It was one of those times we, we both walked out of the theater and we just kind of stopped and looked at each other. And we're just like, eh. like, you know, Siskel and Ebert have their thumbs up and thumbs down. This was a two peacock eh, uh, review of that movie. It's terrible. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's all the more a crime because he was given perfect send-off in the previous film uh the only thing that i know about rambo last blood is that an archery company i think it might be might as either bear or diamond that makes bows made Uh the bow for rambo for that movie and then like sold it like they sold that design of course they sold that design they made it you, yeah, but I mean, like, like what I'm saying is, it was product placement for them. Yeah, to put it in that movie. No, of course. And then when they when they sold it, they they sold it as the Rambo Last Blood bow. There was a company for a while doing reproductions of the bow he has in Rambo. Sorry, in um, Rambo First Blood Part Two. 
that bow would be cool to have. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's bad. It's bad. And if you forgot it existed, don't worry because it's that forgettable. Um, it's it's it, it my my on my shelf. My collection ends at the fourth movie, whatever the hell it's supposed to be called. Um, so that's Rambo. Yeah, that was me kicking things. Out. Yeah, the first, the last movie called Rambo. Rambo: Fifth Blood, Part Seven. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jason returns. Rambo: Two and a Half, <laughs> Dawn of the Rise of the Revenge of the Secret of the, whatever. Him? Wait. Yes. Yep. It's an it's animated. Yeah, from Don Blue. The Revenge of the Secret of Nim. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge of Secret it's, of Nim, which is kids being scarred for watching like Secret a, of Nim. I have the high. <laughs> so that, I thought that'd be a good uh, sort of tone setter for kind of what we were going for. And I think that's what I think that's what we had in mind, right, Jay? Or did I go in a different direction with it? Yeah. Well, no, you're that's kind of what we're talking about. That was my number one. That was my that was my number one. So that's why you're a son of a bitch because it was my. But number I thought one. you said you hadn't. I yeah. thought you said you hadn't seen it. Well. Well, but yeah. I'm saying Rambo it, was my number one. Yeah, yeah. He like, okay, seen okay. the last movie, but yeah, in general, Rambo was his number one. And and the reason our lists over overlap is because you know the world prohibits us from actually discussing this stuff ahead of time and 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 working things out. But no, I'm I'm just saying, uh, you know, if only we could do that, then we wouldn't have overlaps. <laughs> it's more fun on the show because then Jay calls me a son of a bitch when I quote steal his pick. Uh, all right. Hey, that's well, the way we've always done it. Why change it now? It's part of the fun of the show. <laughs> then I'm then I'm gonna roll into my number two because I, okay. I don't have anything to I don't have anything to add about Rambo because you okay. covered all of it. Um, I would have argued they should have stopped at Rambo three, but um, oh, they shouldn't have never made Rambo three. Uh, what was that, Scott? They should have never even made Rambo three. Rambo three is horrible. Oh, it's not that bad. It is. It's just a rehash of missing in action. And missing in action isn't even that great of a damn movie. I mean, literally, at one point in, in Rambo 3, you have him firing a damn Soviet RPG in the middle of a hind and somehow not incinerating everybody in the back of that damn aircraft. I think that was Sir? Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yes. Is it? I thought it was yes, Rambo yeah. 3. No, he's in a Huey. And, he all right, well, he's in a Huey. I, I, he's just I, sort I, of hovering. Yeah. No. It also transforms from a law rocket launcher into a Russian RPG. It, it does. It, does. it goes from a yeah. law to a Russian RPG, but the, the, the aircraft that he's firing it in is on the ground. He's not hovering in that. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. His, his I mean, he's in a river. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't like anything after First Blood. And First Blood's okay, but I didn't like anything after First Blood. It, none. Wow. None. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. No. Well, Scott. Maybe you'll enjoy this pick then. I'm sure I won't. You'll, you'll you'll have a lot to say about this. Okay. So what my number one was Rambo. So I'm going to go into my number two, which is if Rambo revolutionized and sort of set the standard for action heroes in the 80s, this one took that mold, threw it on the ground, said, screw you, I can be an action hero as well. And then it went off the goddamn rails. I mean, off the rails. Okay. So who am I talking about? The Mr. one. Mr. Rogers. He, yes. The one, the only John McClane. 
Good pick. <laughs> so John McClain, NYPD detective officer, whatever you want to call him, flies out to Los Angeles to the estranged wife. Uh, terrorists take over the building at the Christmas party. You know, he's not your typical action hero. He's just a cop. He's your everyday kind of guy. He just does what he has to do to survive and save the people. Um, the movie, of course, is Die Hard. Great movie. Uh, I love Die Hard. I will watch Die Hard. I actually like to watch Die Hard at Christmas because I'm one of those people that's like, oh, it's not Christmas unless you watch Die Hard. Uh, I understand not everybody thinks of it as a Christmas movie, which is fine, but I just, it's just stay part on of target. Christmas tradition. See, Sorry. See, okay. Stay on target. See, no, no, we're not going to stay on target because you say, you say that's fine. It doesn't sound like you think it's fine. You sound like you think everybody should be on board that it's a Christmas movie. No, no, it's fine. Really. I, I used to argue that everybody should think it's a Christmas movie. Uh, I look at it as a Christmas movie. If you don't, that's fine. I'm not. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Why would I be mad? I'm not mad. Why would I be mad? What would I have to be uh, mad about? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Scott, wait, quit no, playing with on. the soundboard. Jason, trying to talk. No, no, no. It's it's, it's okay. <laughs> I was gonna, I was I was gonna say, you know, Jay, you don't really need to do uh, that whole rant because because uh, I've got this for you. Hang on, here you go. I'm not. I'm I'm not mad. Why would I be mad? I have nothing to be mad about. I have no reason to be upset about anything. Nothing at all. No reason to be upset at all. Yeah, just, 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 you know, just, just tell me when you don't want to be mad, Jay, and I'll get you covered. Okay, all right, thanks, Scott. Uh, so anyway, sorry. so anyway, we had we had Die Hard, and then we had Die Hard Part Two or Die Hard Two, Die Harder. Um, there it is. And it was Die Hard, but now we're we're at an airport, yep. and nothing nothing new really got accomplished. Yep. Uh it was the same movie. It was sort of rinse and repeat, just with a few different action set pieces. In all honesty, the lasting legacy of this movie, and this is sad, this is very sad, because I was actually discussing this with some people earlier today. The lasting legacy of, of the movie Die Hard 2, Die Harder, is has nothing to do with movies, has nothing to do with John McClane, has nothing to do with action or anything. It's the fact that there are still people out there who think that a Glock is a ceramic weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My God, people, no, it's not. It has a polymer grip frame, but it still has a fully metal receiver and barrel. And that's been getting your gun on with Commander Scott. Sorry. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, Die Hard 2 is, I, I don't want to say serviceable, but I mean, it man. It's not great. It's not as trying a to movie. reinvent the wheel, but it, it's a serviceable action movie. If you it's just want, good. hey, I just want more Die Hard. Here you go. Yeah. 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 Like Die Hard. You want more Die Hard? Watch Die Hard 2. Die Harder. Right. Like, and then, yeah. And then you get. Die Hard with a Vengeance, which yeah. sort of twists it. And actually, I Great prefer movie. Die Hard. I do, I prefer Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, it I, at least like, kind of changes the formula a little bit. Yeah. If if I'm gonna watch Die Hard, I would rather go straight to Die Hard with a Vengeance as like the sequel to Die Hard. No. Because no. to me, it makes more sense. That's all I'm saying. Like. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Okay. I, anyway. I, 
I, I can't I couldn't go from straight from Die Hard to Die Hard with a Vengeance. You can't because because despite what you say about Die Hard, and you're not wrong, it really is just straight up, you know, like the, the, the late eighties, early nineties kind of kind of action and stuff. There is a little bit of a story with with John McClane going through all three of those movies. I mean, it, it's it's not it's it's not like you know groundbreaking or anything, but there is okay, still a little that's... bit of story. If you jump straight from Die Hard to Die Hard with a Vengeance without seeing Die Harder, then you're kind of left with some questions like, "What the hell? What's going on? Why are we back in New York? What's going on with this? Why is this?" You know, uh, it still doesn't matter to the plot because the plot's still what it is. But there's still a little bit of a story there. That's but fair. Those three movies are really good. Okay, yes, and, they are. and that's yeah. To to me, that's where it should have ended. You end it right there. Yeah. Die Hard with a Vengeance with that trilogy. It's done. Everything's neatly packed up. Especially if you look at the plot of with a Vengeance, it very much ties itself back into the first Die Hard. Like it was (laughs) done as we're gonna tie everything off with a bow. We're gonna bookend the first movie because the spoiler, if you haven't seen it, the villain ends up being the brother of the bad guy from the first movie. Yep. Like it's intentionally tied back into the first movie. And that's why he's messing with John McClane. I'm like not, he doesn't care. I'm not mad. Like why would I be mad? Oh, sorry. I have nothing to be mad about. I have no My apologies. That was my 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 elbow hitting the the button. I did not. But it was it was very well timed, but I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, that was so good. Uh Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Anyway, like, that's the whole reason he's, he's messing with John McClane is that he he uh, <laughs> yeah he's messing with John McClane because like because of what John McClane did to his brother he's not really he doesn't care if McClane's involved it's just sort of a red herring a decoy you know what I mean and he's trying to do all this other stuff and that's great and I love that trilogy but then we got live free or die hard uh-huh. and we. We turned John McClane from being. Go ahead. I just say I, I think I'm going the same place you are, which is it. It we use the term "jump the shark," you know, for TV shows yeah. that have you know too long on the tooth and whatnot. Uh, I think um, um, "jumped off the jet" is the the new equivalent for action <laughs> movies because of yes. because of the movie Jay's talking about. Go ahead, Jay. Because it, it is, it turned John McClane from an everyday police officer, detective, whatever who does mostly believable things. Now, I'm not going to say everything in all three of the first movies are believable. They're not. That's why they're movies. But they're within the realm of movie possibilities. As soon as he... ...of that uh, jet and down the broken expressway ramp and slid and the jet exploded and he was totally fine that's i was like okay i like before that i was i was not okay with it like when he launched a cab into a helicopter yeah using a toll booth like that's not no he sure did <laughs> and it just kind of it what? just is it's so overblown and exa- over exaggerated action that you lose it's, it's, what it what die hard should be about Yes, Jay hit nail on the head. Like, what made the original Die Hard at the time 
not just a fun action movie, but what made it kind of stand out and break the mold is, you know, we talked about Rambo. But in the 80s, that was kind of your go-to archetype. It's an action movie, so you've got the muscled-up uh, antagonist who's a one-man army, uh, who never gets hurt, uh, and never runs out of ammo. Uh, he hits everybody he even remotely points a weapon at, and they can't hit him for shit. Die Hard changed all that, while at the same time kind of following that. Because he is technically a one-man army. He's taken out terrorists. But he does get hurt. He does miss shots. He is just a human. He's not... That, that was kind of the whole big thing at the time is is it wasn't Arnold or Stallone in the Nakatomi building. It was it was Bruce Willis, who at the time was best known for his TV show, Moonlighting. It's the dude for like Fox was so afraid people would think this was a comedy when they originally made posters for the movie. They didn't put his face on them because they were afraid people would think it was a comedy if they put Bruce Willis's face. Nowadays. His face on an action movie is what sells an action movie. But back in the day, he was the goofy guy for Moonlighting. So that's like that's what made Die Hard so I don't want to say revolutionary, but like so different. And like Jay said, broke the mold. And then, so, then you, so you had Live Free or Die Hard, and then you had the as if that wasn't live, bad enough. Die, he doesn't die even, Hard, the Die Hardest, Die Live well, hold Free. Hold on, hold on. He doesn't even get to say his catchphrase in the fourth movie because it was PG-13. Yes. It's not yippee motherfucker. It's yippee motherfucker gunshot. Yeah. 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 And then you had the fifth going. one, yeah. which was, I can't even remember the title of. I saw it one time and that's all I needed. Is that the one and... with his kid in Russia? Yes, it's John okay. McClane goes to Russia. It's like... <laughs> John that worked out so well for yeah. Police Academy. Yeah. Yeah. John McClane becomes Jason Bourne and goes to Russia and just all this it's bad. It's bad. Like it's not even serviceable at that point. It's just bad. And I don't know if they're trying to reboot Die Hard with like the younger guy. I can't even remember who plays his son. Jai Courtney. Yes. Captain Boomerang. Like, are they trying to rejuvenate or trying to like start something with him? I don't know, but it's terrible. You, sir, should have stopped at Die Hard with a Vengeance. And that's and called it good. Um A Good Day to Die Hard, is that what it was called? Yeah, I think so. A good yeah. day to die hard or something like that. I don't know. I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it in theaters with Bob. Um <laughs> He might have been drunk the whole time, which is Probably totally understandable. Uh, it is not good. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, don't see it. Uh, 10 out of 10 would not recommend. 11 out of 10. 12 out of 10 would not recommend. Um, stop <laughs> with the first three. Watch Die Hard, watch Die Hard 2, Die Harder, and then watch Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, and you'll be good. And, you know... Think of John McClane riding happily off into the sunset and not jumping off the back of a jet or driving a semi up a overpass or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. So there you go. Also, and also being apparently in the middle of D.C. with the largest skyscrapers you've ever seen in Washington. (laughs) That's in the same universe where there's a mountain range. It's just outside of New York City. Exactly. Exactly. Just outside (laughs) of the back of the Smithsonian, there is a a a desert with a mountain range, and a an air. That mountain range connects to New York City. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Wait, what? What are we? What? So we we jumped to uh, the Transformers sequel there for a second. Uh, yeah, in, in one of the Die Hard sequels, it's supposed to be in DC, right? But there's like oh, know. that's uh, that's the second one. He's, she's yeah. landing in DC. No, yeah. no, 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 no. No, it's the fourth it's one. It's it's, it's set the, in DC. Yeah, it's set in DC. Oh, sorry. And, okay. And and but there's there's some very large skyscrapers and like very large overpass freeways and stuff which do not exist in DC. It was clearly yeah. shot in Canada. It would, yeah, exactly. Um, but also in in the second Transformers movie, so they go to the Smithsonian to reawaken Skyfire, which was dormant in the form of an SR seventy one Blackbird. Why? Reasons. And they open the hangar at the back of the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum in downtown Washington D.C. And when they open the hangar, they walk out into the 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 airplane graveyard in Arizona, in a desert with a mountain range that is supposed to be apparently in D.C. in that universe. Like, um, which literally makes almost as much sense as when in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the yeah. Michael Bay produced one. The turtles are up on top of a mountain, and then yeah. they go down the mountain, and now they're back in New York City. Because yeah, of all they, the mountains well, by New York City. Well, first of all, so first of all, there 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 are mountains in New York, but they're in they're in north they're in upstate New York. It's the Adirondacks, so that's fine. But the fact I that I cannot slide down the mountain yeah, and end no, up I, in, in, in I agree. In yes. uh, you're right. Yeah, exactly. So when they slide down the mountain, they get to the base of the mountains in New York, and they find a sewer access. Literally, they find a a a sewer plate, like you know. The, the sewer hatch and they go into the sewer and then they pop up in new york like no there, there is no sewer access to new york city to the adirondack mountains sorry this has been uh, we won't suspend our disbelief yeah no also there is no giant hangar at the smithsonian in downtown dc well also there's no desert with a mountain range and 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 uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of the whole point yes yeah. it doesn't exist yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the whole thing. The, it, I've been to, to the Smithsonian in D.C., yeah. but anyway, yeah. yeah. No, okay. To get yeah, a little sorry. back on top, the, the best part, the best part of, and the only good thing, in my opinion, to come out of, um, what was the second one called? Live Free or Die Hard? Yeah, uh, no, whatever, whatever, whatever the fourth one is, yeah, uh, is one. hearing Live Kevin Smith yeah. tell stories about behind the scenes of the production of that movie because he has a cameo so he was on set for like a week and hearing him tell stories of the shit show that was this production almost makes it worth this movie existing so if you haven't checked those out get on youtube and look up kevin smith diehard stories uh and go from there it's almost as good as the uh the uh kevin smith being asked to write the superman movie that eventually became wild wild west Nothing is as good as the Superman Returns story, but it's a close second. It is. Uh, good so good yeah, pick. There you John go. McClane. <sighs> oh, God. Uh, 
Scott, do you have anyone to throw out, or I can roll in on my next one? Well, you know, uh, so when it came to this, I'm, I'm sorry. I've just I've had a very, very busy week at work. Uh, we're not we're not mad at you, bud. It's all good. You just want to add color commentary. We're happy. We've got you covered. We've got you covered, Scott. Don't worry. I've got a couple. And I'm I'm going to defer to you, but there is something that I do want to bring up when it comes to um, uh, characters that should never have gotten a last ride. Okay. Uh, And I it may be one that you all hadn't thought of. Okay. Captain Uh, James T. Kirk. Actually, you're not wrong. <laughs> now, now that that's not the one I was going to talk about, but now that you now that you mention it, we may have to come back to that. Okay, <laughs> we we'll have to circle back. Um, we may have to, yeah, exactly. We may have to circle back. Um, but uh, ah, you hang on. My computer just went very wonky on me and scrolled all the way to the bottom of something I did not need it to uh, do so. Um, Scott, we told you about looking at those sort of websites while we're podcasting. Like, no, no, that's, it's, it, no, yeah, no, that's why he has multiple screens. Jason. Yeah, I've got multiple screens <laughs> up. Plus, plus, I've got, um, um, uh, I've, I've got a whole uh, with with proxy server set up, so it's okay. Um, but no, no. Um, now this is one of those instances where you've got a really good movie that had mediocre slash shitty sequels. Okay. Uh-huh. But it's specifically the, I guess you could call it the third sequel of the original movie, is the the quote unquote last ride of this character that should never have happened, even though the sequels probably should never have happened as well. Um, so the character I'm talking about is Connor McLeod, played by Christopher Lambert. This was on my list too. Was it on your list? I like it. I like it. Keep going. So, so you've got Highlander. Which, which is a great movie, you know. Um, you've got these immortal beings, you know, trapped in this 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 never-ending struggle, you know, of for whatever reasons, you know, they're fighting for the prize, whatever the prize happens to be. Blah blah blah. Um, there can be only one, and I always loved one of my favorite production notes. Or one of my favorite behind-the-scenes things was was like the I think it was the director or it may have been the DOP I don't know it was one of the people like the script you know that was turned in uh, after that that first fight in the uh, 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 the parking structure you know where it says you know Connor receives the quickening but there was no description of what the quickening was. They're like, what the hell is the quickening? <laughs> like, what the fuck is it? So they had to make it up. And then you get these, and then he fights the Kurgan, you know, they're the last two, which which is a mistake in a movie that's going to spawn a franchise, even though they didn't know it was going to spawn Well, this was an era when everything didn't have built-in sequels. Yeah, exactly. And so, but eventually, and then you go into the sequels, where it's like, okay, now we have to figure out how to, con- how to continue this, blah, 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 blah. So you've got Highlander 2 and Highlander 3, which are not good, but good in their own right, because they're bad good. So regardless of, of how you feel about the sequels, okay? The reason I bring this one up is because of Highlander... Was it Endgame? Yes. Yeah, where the, was, the TV was, series Highlander meets the movie series Highlander? Yes. So yeah. in, in between Highlander 3 and Highlander Endgame, you had 
um, the the TV series, um, which the TV series is really good. Now, at the beginning, it, it's very nineties. It's very nineties. But at the beginning, it was kind of eh. But it, it 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 built on the mythos, you know, and everything. And going into like halfway through the second season, through the rest, it did a really good job with making really good TV at the time. But then we go, we want to do a movie. We want to do a Highlander the movie. You know, well, what are we gonna do? Let's bring Connor McCloud back for quote unquote da 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 one last ride. And it was the most arbitrary cliched last ride it's like okay we're going to start out with with highlander you with connor mcleod back in the day coming up upon his kin and he's well established and because it's centuries after he became an immortal and he's like i'm going to train you here i'm going to show you this move okay fast forward okay we're back together again i'm going to show you this move okay fast forward i'm going to show you this move you know what i'm thinking at the end of this movie they're going to use that move I don't even think it's the end of the movie. Isn't it like the end of Act Two? Well, the end of Act Two, he uses the move the move to kill Connor McCloud to take yes. Connor. Power. Connor sacrifices himself yes. to give Duncan the bump to kill the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Which which Connor which which Duncan then uses the move to kill the bad. Oh, guy. Oh, does he? Okay, I, I forgot about did. that. It's been a while since I've seen it. I may be remembering it wrong, but the the move gets used like sixteen times in this damn movie. It's annoying. Uh. I've only seen it once, so wait, wait, <laughs> that the, tells the, you everything you what, need to what, know. What Endgame or or which one? Endgame. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've only seen it like once. I've or never seen two or three. I've only seen Highlander, Ooh. and then I saw some of the Endgame. episodes of the TV show, and then Endgame. And, so here's and here's the problem. It, I had the same character. It, the problem is the end for Connor McCloud should have been the end of Highlander. The problem with the second movie, which there are many, um, <laughs> but they literally were backed into a corner because at the end of the first movie, Connor is the last immortal. He's won the prize. Everything's done. Make another one. Well, how do we do that? Well, what they should have done was make it as a period piece and set it before the events of the first Highlander movie. So yeah. we could have everybody back and still alive because we haven't got to that yet. But they didn't. They tried to retcon that immortals are fucking aliens and they come to, i'm not even gonna get yeah. into it it was stupid. I know. yeah it was it was, it was, it was them from another dimension yeah yeah it was them breaking their backs bending over to try to somehow make it work and also put sean connery in because we'll only get funding if sean connery's back in it but he'll only be there for like three days so he can't be in a lot of it um three i'll defend because three is sort of what two should have been which is just, here's another story about connor before he's claimed the prize yeah. And that's all it is. And they, they even come up with some clever ways of why are there now suddenly immortals again? Um, it, it's not great, but it's not nearly as what the fuck terrible as the second one is. The problem with, with four is by the time four came out up until that point, the movies were Connor. The TV show was Duncan. And even in the pilot episode of the show, Connor comes in so they can clearly differentiate. This is not the same guy. Look, there's yeah. the guy from the movies. Yep. Here's our guy. Different guy. Everybody got it? Yep. yep. By the time Endgame came out, the show had kind of eclipsed the movies in popularity. So yep. we've 
what do we we have two main characters what do we do and i think they made the right call and as far as having you both in there but having duncan take over because he would have been and would go on to uh to be the the main protagonist for the series and all those crappy sci-fi tv movies they made which we won't get into um but what they should have done is just that Highlander one should have been it for Connor. And if you wanted to do more stuff with Connor, you should have done it as prequels. And then the show should have been a clean break. And okay, it's the same premise as Highlander, but it's essentially a reboot. We're, we're yes. taking the same concept and doing our own. Cause that's essentially what the show you already is. Like Connor's there for a handshake in, in, in the pilot episode. And then from that point on, I don't think there's ever even like maybe a passing mention of Connor because the show is off in its own world. Uh, creating new lore, creating the Watchers and the Dark Quickenings and oh, all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. It 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 is to Highlander what SG One is to Stargate. Is like okay, yep. well the movie yep. starts off, but then after that we're taking this and running with it. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean the, if you want to watch Highlander and then the series, yeah, you're fine. And if you want to watch Highlander, if you want to watch Highlander the series, then Endgame. It's not terrible. But 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 my my point is Connor McLeod and and even in that continuity is underused. He should have never been brought back for that. But yeah, I would say just jump if you want to just jump straight into the TV show. There might be a couple of scenes where you're like, who the hell is that guy? But other than that, again, he's only in one episode, so you'll be fine. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, it it, it, it the ways well, they tried to bend over backwards to because the first movie closes off the story. So well, how yes. do we? It, it it just it became more and more contrived and and then especially god after the second movie uh th- there's like three cuts that try to make that movie somehow make sense and none of them work it's it's, no. it's a pile of trash it's, it's horrible. yeah now oh, one thing i sorry. have to say one thing i have to say in favor of the second movie and this is a very small in favor it's just this is this it's is one sequence this is literally just a me thing this is a commander scott thing because i'm weird and eclectic when it comes to this stuff but i I have to say i like it is when uh uh, ramirez comes back from the dead excuse me use his full name sir juan sanchez villalobos ramirez thank you chief metallurgist to king charles v of spain um when he comes back, he comes back in the middle of a production of Hamlet, right? Yep. And you've got the scene where there, where where Hamlet's talking to the skull, and he says, "Alas, poor Yorick, I knew him, Horatio." And he pops in, in the middle of that, and he disrupts the play and everything. He doesn't, and Ramirez doesn't know what's going on. He seems very confused, and he's like, "Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt you talking to your skull, sir." That's because if you go back and look at the time frame from the original Highlander, Ramirez is killed prior to Shakespeare becoming a thing. Yeah. So he didn't know what Hamlet was. And and it's a little touch of historicity in that movie, a very small touch, that my hat is off to the director of that movie. Uh, and then hat right back on for the whole... There's and, a... and, there's yeah. an energy shield over the yeah. earth and in, in, in ozone yeah. and yeah. summon your life energy into yeah. one touch. And anyway, moving yeah. on, we, we get two minutes of that's awesome to oh, that's right, this is dog shit. <laughs> so we yeah. now return to the terrible sequel already in progress. Don't worry, <laughs> you didn't miss anything. If Sorry, uh, Jake, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, 
since you know you and Scott shared one there, do you want me to go into the next one? Or? No, I, I got one. I got this one. Okay, because I I'm waiting to hear Scott's reaction on this one. Oh, I was I was gonna go get me a drink, but that's okay. Go ahead. He's, this is actually the character that inspired this whole thing. Um, there's a legal case happening that you may or may not have heard about uh, with some actors who I won't name. Uh, but one of those actors talked about how uh, he's he's unfortunately or fortunately, depending on your point of view, not ever going to play a certain character again and how he wanted to come back. He, he would have liked to have given that character a proper goodbye. And that's what sparked the whole thing is, does that character even need a proper goodbye? Uh, I think he's already gotten the best goodbye he could have gotten and then just kept going. John McClane style. Uh, I'm talking Captain Jack Sparrow. Who should have been done uh, after Pirates of the Caribbean 3? Who should have been done after Pirates of the Caribbean? Hush your hold. I, mean, I, I, will, I will give him I will give him to the end of 3. I will, I'm willing to... I, I'm with you, Jay. I think the first one's the only one even worth watching. But that being said, I have some soft spots for some stuff in 2 and 3. I think it gets way too overbloated. But, but, the end of the third movie gives Captain Jack Sparrow... The perfect send off. The problem is, they fucking made two more of them after that. Uh, so the first time we see Jack, one of the best character intros ever. Uh, this you know close shot, looking at his compass, standing on a mast, and, and and you know coming into port, all heroic music, and then we pull the shot back, and he's on a dinghy, and it's going down, and it just happens to hit go right under as soon as he happens to walk off on the dock it's it's a perfect you know everything around him was on fire and sinking but jack is fine perfect character moment it's great um and then throughout the next couple of movies we you know jack is always an enigma every time we think we know kind of what makes jack tick or what's going on with him he he does the other thing he zigs when we think he's gonna zag he what makes him fun is his unpredictability we don't really understand you know, there's the whole story Oh, sorry, of, of the, how did he get off the island? Oh, he roped turtles and, and, and rode them in. What did he make the rope from? Yeah, Harris from my back. And like that whole mystery, like Jack lives in that aura of his own stories. And he's such a fun character. We run that into the ground by the time we get done with the first three movies uh, because we didn't know what else to do. We just kept throwing more Jack, more Jack, more Jack. He never should have been the lead. But at the end of the third movie, we find him once again in a dinghy in the middle of the ocean with his compass and a stolen cutout section of a map as he's turning it to unveil that the map shows him the location of the Fountain of Youth and he's heading off towards that direction, sailing off into the sunset to go have more adventures. Perfect ending for Captain Jack Sparrow. Because we don't ever want to see Jack old and retired. Like, we want Jack, in our minds, is evergreen, always looking for the next adventure. The treasure doesn't really matter. It's the adventure he craves. That's how we always want to picture Jack in our head. And then we keep going. And and at least the first two sequels, we have... Um, I forget character names. Um, we have Orlando Bloom and Keir Knightley, who have different names in the movie, but they escape me right now. Um... We have them to to take attention away from Jack. They have their own storyline going, and, and I would argue theirs is the main story, and Jack yep. is kind of interwoven through their story. So as much as we do spend way too much screen time with Jack, he's still not necessarily carrying the story they are. 
uh, especially Will Turner. There we go. Especially yeah. Will in the second and third movie with his father and all that. They're there to carry to to help carry the load. Yes, they're gone in four and five. Or, yeah, four and five. Because their story. Well, that... isn't Will in th- five? For about ten minutes. Yeah. Well, so so looking at Pirates of the Caribbean, you're not wrong. Um, so uh, Will Turner is is kind of primarily the main character in one and two. You could argue that you get a little bit more of the uh, the the Commodore Norrington, the Norrington storyline in two in a little bit. Two is my least favorite. Um, uh, the third one, the primary character is geared to be uh, Elizabeth Swan. Yeah, hey, uh, that's her name. Thank you. Yeah, Elizabeth Swan. Uh, with with Jack Sparrow, of course, being kind of a supporting character throughout their kind of thing. And, and I agree 100%. Like, that trilogy is wonderful. I know you have issues with the third one. I love the third one, personally. I choose to see, in my personal opinion, just, just my personal hate canon, I choose to see Barbosa as the primary character in the third one. It's the Barbosa story. Uh, because I love Jeffrey Rush in that movie, uh, 100%. Um, um, but, uh, but, but going forward, I, I, I think the problem is, and, and I don't think that, that necessarily that we, we shouldn't have seen more Jack Sparrow because he's a great character and I'm fine with having more Jack Sparrow stories, but they didn't give, good main characters for Jack Sparrow to to support like they did in the trilogy you know uh, again he, he never should have been the lead he never he should have been focus yeah. he's great in small doses yes to come in to be quirky to be that the thing about Jack especially in the first movie is he's there to every, every time the plot needs to kick in the pants Jack shows up Yep. Uh, and, and again, the more mysterious he is, you should every time Jack leaves a scene, you should feel like you want to see more. And by the time we get done with Pirates Three, there's literally a scene where they go to save him in the underworld, and and we have like a ten minute sequence where it's just like three dozen Jacks crewing a ship. And I'm and like, y'all I, had no ideas. Y'all were tapped I, out. You're like, oh, let's just let's just put twelve Johnny Depp's on screen and see what happens. Like, that's I all love had that left. sequence. I love it. Uh, they suck all the mystery and fun out of Jack, and it's because again, the, the, his shtick gets old in, in extended doses. The Jack Sparrow shtick gets old in small doses. It's beautiful. Uh, it, it's the same as as like Hannibal Lecter. He's awesome in Silence of the Lambs because he's only in like 15 minutes of that movie, and he's he's creepy and steals every scene, and you want to see more of him. And then you watch Hannibal, and you're like, okay, too much, too much. Dial it back. I was wrong. He should not be the lead character. My bad. Uh, that's how Jack is. Um, but again, I'm not a huge fan of two and three, but I will give them I'll give them a pass because. At the end of the third movie, we see the conclusion. Every character, all three of our main characters, get oh, yeah. a a a conclusion to their story arc. Yes, they're they're not you know dead. They're still alive. So yes, technically we could tell more stories with them. I would argue we should have left them the fuck alone. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to make a fourth pirates, you should have come up with new lead characters and a new story, and then inserted Jack Sparrow somewhere in there as the gadfly uh, yeah. to to again uh, punch the plot in the pants and get things going again. He should never have been the lead focal character. Yeah. Um, as much as I love the, the like, like pirates one, two and three is mm-hmm. 
almost like a perfect trilogy. There's some flaws, but it bookends itself very well. It wraps itself up in a nice little bow. It, 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 you, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's great. It, it works. I love three. I love Barbosa. But, oh, my God, what they tried to do with Barbosa going into four and five and then what they ultimately wound up doing with Barbosa, I'm just like, really? Because he, he never gets to be Barbosa again. You never get that 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 Pirates three Barbosa. You didn't love Barbosa the privateer? I did Barbosa, not. Barbosa the I have a secret daughter I didn't know about until movie number six I, or whatever did, it was? I did not know. As much as I love Jeffrey Rush and I wanted to, to see more Barbosa on screen, I'm like, eh, I know. Yeah. Uh, um, but that being said, going into three, I love the sequence in the locker where you just have just bunches of Jack Sparrows. I, I enjoy that. It. Is it makes me happy. That is the um, what do we call it, Jay? Jumping off the plane. Yeah. McLean, McLean on a plane. That is the <laughs> McLean on a plane moment for that uh, franchise for me. Um. Listen, the reason I was so quiet through all of this is because I absolutely hate two and three. <laughs> and I mean, I hate two and three. And uh, my argument is it's the back to the future treatment, which is what a lot of trilogies, I think, during this era did. And what I call the back to the future treatment is you have the first movie and then the next two are designed that way i guess you could even call it the star wars treatment because you had a new hope and then you know you're left with empire on a cliffhanger and i don't like it when movie franchises set themselves up to be trilogies on purpose and i i could have lived with just having pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl but it made so much money for the studio which is what all of hollywood is and if you haven't figured that out from listening to our podcast. What have you been listening to? Uh, and they designed the next two to make it a trilogy. Well, and, not just that, but they, they were filmed back to back. Yeah. Uh, like can, Star, Star Wars, yes, it's a trilogy, but there was three years between movies. And to say that they had Return of the Jedi plotted out before they made Empire is a total misnomer. If you believe that, you're a moron. Uh, but no, Jay, you're right. Like, yeah, one made so much money and they said, great, make two more of them right now. Yeah, and that's that's what I hate. And, like, you lose things when you do that. And when you automatically leave your viewers on a cliffhanger, like you're planning a cliffhanger to leave them on, I just get more frustrated because it's like, okay, but why? It's kind and, of the same as, like, when it was all the rage, to, did you take a book and split it into two movies? Yes. It's, 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 yeah, because part two doesn't really have an ending because it isn't really over because I would argue it's not really a standalone movie. It's just the next part. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly with you, Jay. I still say sequels were not a bad idea. I think it's the way they went about making the sequels. That was a bad idea. These movies should have been like James Bond. Uh, it should have been every few years. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you could have been Will Turner or Barbosa or whoever and Jack in tow Searching after insert MacGuffin here, adventure on the high seas. Yeah, it like if they need to be this giant connected trilogy thing. Yeah, if they'd have spent like if they just spread it out, like you have Curse of the Black Pearl, and then the next one is like you know Davy Jones Locker, and you have Davy Jones because I like Davy Jones. I think that's a cool idea, and you know the the Flying Dutchman, uh, but to make it an 
character just kind of kept going from there. And like, I agree with you, Jack Sparrow should not be the main character because he cannot hold up the story by himself. It's just not his thing. Alrighty then. So, yeah, that's my. I'm not sure if Scott's mad and he's being quiet or he went to get a beer. I think he went to go get a drink. So, okay, cool. All right. (laughs) I'm going to roll into my next pick. Roll that beautiful bean footage, Jay. Okay, John, I'm just going to give you one sound bite. Okay. Ready? Okay. Da dun dun da dun. Da dun dun da dun. You son of a bitch. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Not you, Jay. Jay got me back for a quote stealing his pick at the top of the show. How, how did he do that? I'm sorry, I walked away for a second. I know, he just stole my next pick. So, what that is, yep. is the classic tune, the classic tone to Terminator. Uh, specifically what I'm talking about is the Arnold Schwarzenegger T-800. Uh, first time we see yeah, Arnold so as... Where, where are you... Hang on. Time out. Where are you getting T-800, sir? The T-800 Model 101. No, no, sorry. Sorry. No, no. I'm going to put the kibosh on this. So in the movies, he is Cyberdyne Systems Model 101. The T-800 comes from the toy line. Thank you very much. The T-800 is retconned in the second movie. The T-800 is the endoskeleton underneath the skin. That's what James Cameron wrote. That's how I'm going to refer to it. So you can substitute your reality wherever you want. Go ahead, Jay. No, I don't care about production notes. I don't care about scripts. I don't care about what James Cameron had in his head when he called action. There is nothing on screen that ties T-800 to Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is Cyberdyne System 101. The T-800 is from the toy line. Okay. Go ahead, Jay. Okay, so anyway, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the T-800. First appears in Terminator. Nope. Titled Terminator. Nope. And he is a robot, (laughs) sorry, sorry, cyborg from the future, sent back in time to kill Sarah Connor, who will eventually give birth to the uh, leader of the Resistance. I don't think it counts as a cyborg either. Okay, anyway. We're not getting that. Sarah Connor. Anyway, sorry. Right. So uh, that's the first time we see him. Then we Mm -hmm. see him return in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which, if you ask me, is a like perfect sequel. If somebody said, what's a perfect sequel? There are only a handful of answers I would give. And Terminator 2 Judgment Day is one of them. Really? Uh, Yes, for me. This this okay. is a debate for a different topic or a different time, Scott. Uh, <laughs> anyway, and yet you bring it up. Okay, fine. I'm just supposed to agree with you. Sure. Yeah, it's you, fucking you, perfect. Sure. There's nothing wrong the, with with Terminator listen, Two. You're you're the one who's getting all up in arms about this. I we're talking about characters who shouldn't have one more ride, uh-huh. <laughs> and you're focusing on the wrong things, Scott. You keep bringing uh, up the wrong things. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Stay on okay. target. Anyway, so we get these two great movies. We see Arnold as a villain in the first one, and then he's reprogrammed by uh, John Connor in the second one to go back to protect young John Connor, 
and it's, he's a good guy in that one. And it's the perfect way to end those two movies. He gets dunked into the molten steel, gets burnt up. All the chips are gone. Everything's gone. There's nothing, you know, there's no fate but what we make for ourselves. The perfectly nice tied little bow package. But wait, what's this? Terminator 3. Three Rise of the Machines. Rise of the Machines. No, that no. What are you doing? Why no? And not only that. Not only did you make this third movie, you then took iconic moments from the first two and flipped them on their head to make them a laugh. Um, like when he pulls out the sunglasses. Um, talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. Yeah, like. Ah, so many bad Because that things. wasn't a the, dated phrase when that movie was made. Right? The T-1000, or the T-X. T-1X, the T-X? T-X. Whatever. Where you can't send so, complicated things like weapons back in time, but the thing is a weapon. I'm not, not, only I'm is not it even going to get into that. Because that's going to open yes. up a debate for Scott. I'm just going to oh, say the most the most creative thing they could think of for the bad guy for the third Terminator was to take the bad guy from the first movie and the bad guy from the second movie and put them together. Yes, that was the most yes. creative idea they had. Oh, let's just put a T1000 over the T800. There yeah. you go. That's yeah. our bad guy. Oh, and we'll give it tits. Sorry, I forgot about that. We'll put boobs <laughs> oh, on. And, well, oh, and 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 what's this? Oh, you were never going to stop Judgment Day. Okay, crazy idea there. All right, you're never going to stop Judgment Day. Okay, sure. I'm I'm with him on that, because if they did stop Judgment Day, John Connor would disappear like the photo in Back to the Future. Because his dad came back in time from the future to conceive him. So if if the future never happens, his dad never comes back in time, and then he never exists. So it was always going to happen. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. The whole thing becomes a paradox. Yeah, yeah. Time doesn't hate time travel. But yes, as if that wasn't bad enough. Then you get Terminator Salvation, where defend that. That I I I don't skip that movie. Skip right over. I would skip right over that one, Jay. I I don't hate it. I'm just saying I don't hate it. And Arnie's not technically. He's only in in one cameo for about five minutes. Yes, his face. Ah, and I like I said, I don't hate it. We see the model one on one again. Yes. Then you get the T-800, yeah. Then you get uh, Terminator Genesis. And it's like, oh, we're going to go all the way back to Terminator. We're going to change everything that we tried to do. And guess who's back? Guess who's back as an actor in this one? (laughs) The same guy who was in, uh, what was it? A Good Day to Die Hard. Yep, Johnny Courtney makes a second appearance on this list. (laughs) It's got to tell you something. Uh, Anyway, uh, I I didn't hate Amelia Clark in it, though. I thought she did her best that she could to be a badass version of Sarah Connor. She's more convincing Sarah Connor than Johnny Courtney's... um, uh, Kyle Reese. Thank you. Yeah, my mind blanked. Yeah. Okay, and you're like, okay, all right, Terminator Genesis, got it. Oh, wait, now Arnie the T-800 is, his chip landed in the the 
liquid metal that eventually would become a T-1000. And so now the Arnie model T-800 is now a T-1000. Oh, God, I forgot what? about that. What? What's going on? And you're like, okay, fine. They're done. They're done with it. They're done, right? They're not I, I no, completely like, blank They're that. not going to bring it back. They're, they're not going to bring it back again, are they? They're not going to do it. Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator Fate, which I still have never seen. And, and I don't need to see it. I, I refuse to see it because, to me, the Arnie T-800 finalized itself in Terminator 2 Judgment Day when it dunked Jason. in the pit. Yes. Jason, here's all you need to know. Here's your argument in a nutshell. First Terminator movie, the, the Arnold model, whatever the fuck number you want to give it, the Arnold model, relentless, vicious, efficient, killing of literal nightmares. Terminator Dark Fate, the Arnold model, runs a drapery business. Wow. I'm not making that up. It's a plot point in the movie. Good lord. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the, the, I'll even go one step further. Not only should it not have been like the problem, Arnold himself killed the franchise. T2 was cool because it was a reversal. It's him playing the good guy now. Because yeah. at that point in his career, Arnold was the good guy. And it yeah. was a cool... The, the original teaser trailer didn't tell you who was a good guy or a bad guy. Oh. Uh, they kind of kept that a secret right up until like the week it came out. Oh. Uh, and then there was a trailer to tell you who it was because they want to make sure butts get in seats. Um, so that was, that was different enough. It, it kind of justified itself. It was a cool kind of reversal of roles. It was fun. The problem is every, every Terminator movie, with the exception of Salvation, so T3, Genesis, and Dark Fate, no matter what they try to do to be different, T3 was the whole Rise of the Machines, Genesis was the, the Skynet thing, Dark Fate was it's the retcon sequel, they all inevitably end up just rehashing T2 again. We got to stop Skynet and prevent the future. Guys, if you do that, you don't get your sequels. And that's why you keep making sequels. Because every movie, we've got to stop Skynet and prevent the future. And then there's there's always another movie. So stop. Yep. Uh, which is the only reason I said leave Salvation off the list. Because Salvation at least tried to be different and, and change that mold. And we only see the Arnold model for a glorified cameo. Um, so I don't think that... If anything, that did more to, to restore... Uh, the the badassness of that character than T three did with that stupid Elton John sunglass and taught to the hand jokes and, and all that kind of shit, but Arnold being attached because no one would make one without Arnold and Arnold wouldn't do it if he was a bad guy again, and that killed the franchise. Yeah, so that's my well, so so with with T two, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my little bit of a rant in. Just a little Go bit, not, not a full-blown rant, sorry. So with T2, um, T2 is not the perfect sequel. It's one of those few things where the sequel is is more fun than the original. You know, I, I, I firmly agree with that. Like, it is, it is, it's a more fun movie than the first one. It's a better execution of yes. the premise than the first. Exactly. But it is not a perfect sequel. Because, um, and and you're right. So they bring Arnold Schwarzenegger back in, and and they bring 
uh, what, what's his name? Robert, Robert Patrick's that his name. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, T-1000. Um, Agent, Agent Doggett. Agent Doggett. Yeah. <laughs> the T-1000. And so the beginning of that movie, you have Arnold coming back in time, pretty much kind of the same type of scene as Arnold comes in, comes back in time in the first one. And then you have the T-1000 coming back in in human form, much like the same as Kyle Reese comes back in time. Because literally when that movie was released, they're like, hey, here's another Terminator movie. Here's the Terminator. And here's your human savior. And that movie, like their, their roles are very ambiguous all the way up until that one scene where they cement where he pulls his shotgun. Arnold pulls his shotgun and he points it at Sarah Connor and he says, get down. John Connor. Was it John? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The ball. yeah yep. John in the hallway. He says, get down. And he shoots the T-1000. And then that's when you figure out who's who. However. See? Perfect. Not fucking perfect. And the reason why it's not perfect is because it is established in the first movie that that Kyle Reese cannot bring weapons back because only living tissue or those things covered in living tissue can be sent back in time using the technology available that's established. And there is no other technology established within the frame of reference of this movie and its, it, it, its entire uh, 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 way it works. We just have one technology for going back in time, yet the T-1000, which is liquid metal, amimeti polyalloy, apparently can just fucking come back for no apparent goddamn reason. And if weapons, if, if things can come back, such as the CSM 101's endoskeleton uh, can come back because it's covered in living tissue or whatever, why can't you just surround a damn weapon in meat? Why not? Why? why they, not? they do kind of get around to that in T3. Um, again, you've got the problem of it's it's a, a, a endoskeleton covered with liquid metal, so that doesn't make sense. But the TX does have weapons built into its yep. frame. Yeah, but once again, there's no living tissue on the TX. I understand that. I'm just yep. saying the idea of why don't you cover a weapon in human tissue does kind of get addressed. Exactly. Because they, they do eventually start building. Well, you got to remember that the, they're not built to go through time. They're built to kill people in, in the yeah present future so the whole idea of building a weapon into it 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 wasn't designed for that by the time you get to the tx we've been doing it so often we we, we design them that way well and also in the first movie kyle reese does say that literally they were able to send him back in time because they launched an all-out assault on the temporal displacement facility and it was destroyed in the process so literally terminator 2 goes you know what we're going to send this terminator back in time that's you know uh, uh to, to 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 protect john connor but you destroyed the thing oh well it came back on the same time well what about this one he's liquid metal eh, don't worry about it but what about this other you know eh, eh, don't worry about it literally every terminator sequence is terminator sequel is eh, don't worry about it just watch the hey, game yeah well, the God. thing they're asking you to not worry about gets more and more ridiculous as they go exactly which is God, why don't worry about know, it Hang on, which is why I agree it's a fun movie, and it's one of those few sequ- few instances where the sequel is actually better and more fun than the original. It's not perfect. It is not a perfect sequel. I will argue that. And second of all, 
the term cyborg is the definition of a person who is physiological, whose physiological function is aided by or dependent upon a mechanical or electronical device. The T, you know, fucking what a 800, whatever the fuck you want to call it based off the goddamn toy line. The Cyberdyne Systems Model 1 is not a person. It is an artificial uh, entity. It is, it is an automaton with programming. It is not a person that is augmented by mechanical or electronical devices. Sorry, it does not meet the definition of a cyborg. No. It so is anyway, an automaton covered, by, covered with living, living tissue. So anyway, my pick is the um, Cyborg T-800 from the perfect sequel, Terminator 2. I'm done. Y'all have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, Jay. Because, um, yeah, that was another one I thought of is is um, for the same reasons. Yeah, it, it's it's it was different enough and, and yes I, i'm i'm also with scott uh, to, with some of that that two does raise a lot of plot holes uh, and goes goes against things set up in the first movie however i give it a pass because it's awesome uh there's enough other cool shit that i'm like yeah that doesn't really make sense but i don't care that was awesome um yep. the problem is the problem is none of the other movies are awesome enough to make me not care and yeah. they just get yes. dumber and dumber and yes. dumber Yes. Um, so, yeah. Stop it too. So, That's what I say. If you want to watch Terminator series, stop it too. You don't. Have I would, to. and and I would argue again. I I don't think Salvation is terrible. Uh, I think it's an uh, uh, a valiant effort to do something different with the Terminator franchise. It's the only one that, again, with the exception of that cameo, doesn't have Arnold. It's set during the Future War. Um, it's got an amazing performance uh, by uh, Anton Yelchin as a young Kyle Reese. I think that alone is worth watching it. Um, again, not a perfect movie, um, but I, I think that is it, on my shelf. It's T T two Salvation, and that's it. Yep. There you go. Uh, if you're feeling weird, uh, if you can find it, the the ride footage from T two 3D at Universal Studios is also fun. Uh, but that's only about 15 minutes, and boy. <laughs> If Scott loses his mind about canon between T1 and T2, uh, I want to sit him down and make him watch T2 3D <laughs> so his mind will explode about how many things that movie breaks. Because everybody's back for that, even though it makes no fucking sense. Uh, but again, it, it, that was that was a uh, theme park ride, so there you go. Are we done uh, with stuff that shouldn't have come back? Are there any more burning ones? That's That's my list. I, I, I had one more, but it's okay. Okay. Scott, did you want to come back around to Kirk? No. I'm lost Scott. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's try to uplift this a little bit. Jay, give me somebody who you think should come back one more time. For one last ride? Yes. This is going to put Scott in a good mood. No, it's okay. not. He is going to change. He is going to completely forget about that last little tirade. About T2. Yeah, especially with you chirping at him about it. Yep. <laughs> okay. I have a list of names. Are you checking it twice? I have a list of names. going to find out who's... Oh, okay. 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 These names. 
These are these are not character names. They're actor names, but you guys are gonna know. Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper, Charlotte Copley, and Rampage Jackson. Bum, bum, bum. Give me one last ride with the A-team. Give me like 12 last rides with that A-team. <laughs> Give me another A-team. I want to see the A-team <sighs> ride again. They did not get their due just that that first i mean the first that movie is great and i say the first one but it's the only one that movie (laughs) is great we we're all fans of it on this show um but i want to see them ride again in something just another two hour just super fun ride with these same four characters you know jay i was i was sitting here i was fuming (laughs) I had my I had my 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 mouse hovering over the you know the J Mad clip. I was, I was just prepped to click that you know that that I'm not mad I'm not I'm not mad whatever you know that the the whole thing I was I was prepped to click that no matter what you said. And, you and then bastard, you bastard, you had to bring up the A team and God damn I agree with you. <laughs> Shit. You are not wrong, sir. They definitely need one last ride. Come I mean, on, what is, like five J- last rides, but you know. Jail Mickey Tompin on. Toast points. Toast <laughs> points. Yeah, no, 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 no secret sauce. I got a little bit of palsy last time. <laughs> got, only partial paralysis. <laughs> you can't park that there. It's a handicap zone. Diablo yeah, means devil, crazy. right? Yeah, man. Uh, 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 I agree and also disagree. <laughs> you say you I, agree but disagree. I agree but disagree. I agree. Those guys got a raw deal. That movie is amazing. That cast is amazing. The thing I disagree with is, uh, again, I don't want one last ride. We should be on like movie three or four by now. Yes. Uh, that should, if all the stupid fucking we're on Fast and Furious ten and eleven, but I couldn't get an eighteen two. What kind of world is this? Yeah. I would give back the last five Fast and Furious movies for one more A-Team movie. I agree. And I, I I know, like, I know it was one last ride. I would love to see these. This is, these are guys that, if you spread it out, compact them into one coming out every year or one coming out every two years. If you spaced it out to, like, maybe three or four years and you, you did, like, a yeah. few of these. Yeah. That'd be fine because people would be like, "Oh man, shit, the A Team! I love that movie," and people would go see it. Uh, I agree. So that's who I want to see ride again. You know, all right, uh, Hannibal, Face Man, B A. I, uh, I I think we agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got one to throw at you then, Jay. Okay. Because uh, I feel a little bad for for ragging on. Uh, for for I on him earlier in the show, so I I, I want to give a little uh, a little something back because I love this guy. Um, and as much as I want to never see him be the Terminator again, I would love to see Arnold come back one last time to play King Conan the Barbarian. It's a movie we've been teasing since the first Conan the Barbarian movie. 
that that image of the old Conan sitting on a throne, his crown on a troubled brow. But that's a story for another time, and we never get around to it. And they've been talking about it for a while now. I would love to see them pull the trigger while Arnold is still spry enough to move around. If if Indiana Jones can be on movie number, what are we on, five now? Give me one more Conan the Barbarian with Arnold movie to tie it all off. I don't hate that idea. Nope. That would be fun. I could do that. You've got and, and play it as it's the older Conan. He's 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 you know he's he's lived out his adventures and he's found his kingdom and and now something is is coming. You could even tie it into something from his past has come back to haunt him and this is this is his one last ride, uh, his one last adventure uh, on on you know whatever you want to write the, the story you could you could bring bring back characters from previous films if you wanted to i'm not sold on having to do that but just arnold as conan one more time yeah you can even have val kilmer come back as mad mortigan wait i don't wait 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 those were connected what? they should be well <laughs> we'll find out in the maybe maybe yeah. arnold has a cameo in the willow series on disney plus i don't know yeah, I brought that up because I thought he was actually coming back as as, as that. Didn't is, is isn't he reprising that role? No, uh, <laughs> I, I his, his, his character's presence will be felt. Uh, quote unquote is is the line, but no, he is not in it now. I, I think Top Gun's probably the last thing we'll ever see Val Kilmer in. Potentially. Anyway, what, Val Kilmer's in Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah, he's Iceman. You know, if if you'd watch the movie, I mean, I'm just saying. There's a movie. Anyway, um, I've got one last one. I just want a soft pitch because I want to hear Jay's reaction to this. If you're a person of a certain age, and I bring up Star Wars, most people look at Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie, okay, but there's one name that if you're a kid of a certain age, I'm going to throw this name out there, and either you're going to know it and you're going to be excited, or you're going to be like, huh? Jay? I really need Disney because they're doing all these series set around the original trilogy. Bring back Dash Rendar. Uh, yeah. I, bring back Dash Rendar? He was only in video games and stuff. I, I'm fine with him getting a movie and being introduced, but I don't think he can be quote-unquote brought back. He absolutely can. Because everything can be brought back. Because everything that's wasn't canon is only not canon until a Dave Filoni finds a way to work it back in again. Yeah. And he's doing his best. <laughs> um, yes. That being said, and I've pitched this on previous shows, I don't care if it's animated, because that might be cheaper, or if you do it live action, because you're getting a lot better at the deep fake de-aging shit. And I know you'll have to to tweak it a bit to get it to fit into new canon. I don't just want Dash Rendar. I want my Shadows of the Empire series. Uh, yes. Yeah. Keep the yeah, basic plot of of the was it the Black Sun or whatever the the criminal organization uh, uh, coming in, and you can have Vader in there again. You could do the de-age stuff with Luke because we're getting a lot better at that. Uh, or you could recast it or do it animated and have Mark Hamill do the voice of the character. I don't care how you do it. You'd have to tweak the story a bit, but the basic premise of the story would fit. You don't have to worry about Han Solo because he's frozen in carbonite the whole time, and you get our boy, Dash Rendar. I would love to see um, Shadows of the Empire as, as uh, uh, as a Disney Plus series. 
Um, and you wouldn't even have to have Mark Hamill because uh, he didn't do, you know, he wasn't involved in the, the Luke scenes, as far as I know, in um, Book of Boba Fett. Yes, he was. He was? Yes. See, I, I thought I'd heard that he didn't do the voice. He did. Oh, well, then never See, mind. Okay, bring him back. I'm fine with bringing him back. It doesn't bother me at all. But, you know. I'm going to say something probably controversial. Okay. If I got Shadows of the Empire, I don't want Luke in it. Well, Luke is in the story. So. Yeah, Luke's in the story. He's like central to the story. I'm not saying yeah, he has. To, I'm not. I'm not saying he has to be front and center, but I, I feel like uh, to cut him out completely would be disingenuous. All right. I, I think it should center mostly on Dash, but I think you should. Oh yeah. Luke is there to kind of give him the mission and, and set him on his path. Just think of that. I'd be awesome for that. Sorry. I agree. Well, and also, if they give us Shadows of the Empire, they need to change the pronunciation. Of uh, uh, Prince uh, Prince Shizor, because I'm getting tired of you know twenty well, now twenty plus years of of people correcting other people. Actually, it's Prince Shizor. You know what? Change the pronunciation just to piss those people off. I'm gonna call him just... Prince Scissor. Yes, Prince Scissor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Zizor. Zizor. Whatever. I don't care what it is as long as it's not Shizor. You know what? Because all these people who have corrected people on on the pronunciation of this name based off of a book, screw you. Did they ever do an audiobook for Shadows of the Empire? They probably did, but I'm once just again, thinking out loud. But, well, but also audiobook people, the people who perform audiobooks, aren't given like a lot of uh, a direction. They can get stuff wrong. Okay. And 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 the reason I say this is because there's a there's an audiobook series that I really love and I've listened to all six books in this series multiple times. It's about um uh, a character who's in the submarine service during World War II. And in the first book, the person performing the book calls the sailors on a submarine submariners. And that is an incorrect term. Uh, any sailor who has served on the submarines, past, present, and future, consider themselves and will correct you if you pronounce them submariners. They are, in fact, submariners, which means, I mean, I, and, and I'm just saying that the people who perform these audiobooks are not given, like, they're not, they don't have somebody going, no, that's pronounced wrong. They don't have that. They're just given the text and they do their thing. They can't well, Scott. get stuff wrong. Any good Marvel fan will tell you it's the Submariner. Um, so I, yes. I no, reject I, your reality yes, and no. submit substitute I, my I, own. I, I agree with you. I agree with you completely that, that Prince Namor is known as the Submariner. But that is because he lives under the water. Like, he can, he can breathe water. But a Submariner does not live in water. He crews a Submarine. Which means he is a submariner. Which You're means he's a, a person who crews a submarine. Submariner. You're, you're a submariner. So I can yeah, argue but... those points. Don't think I can't argue those points. Off the top Scott, of my head, I Scott, can give an argument on those points. No one who's ever listened to this show questions that you can argue anything. 
<laughs> Don't worry. Uh, so those are the heroes well, we felt stuck uh, around um, okay. for one last. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I had, I had. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm oh, sorry. My bad. Back that up. Take two. Scott, what else you got for me? Okay, I got, I got one, one thing to end on. Okay. If that's okay. Not your rant about submariner. Not my rant about okay. submariners. Uh, say that. So of characters that I think should get one last run, and I'm gonna I say submariner. No, Sorry. not a submariner. <laughs> I saved mine for last because it kind of bookends the show. Okay. okay. Rambo. All right. I, we, we, a, we just did the whole thing. No, hang on. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. I'm gonna bring it back to Rambo. Okay. I think the character of John Rambo needs a new movie. He needs one. He needs another movie to come back in. And the reason I say this, not Sylvester Stallone. I'm going to preference that. Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to reiterate that. No Sylvester Stallone. He can be an executive producer only. Only. Okay. Okay. Because the first movie of first blood like if you if you look at the book so this is something that is 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 almost stripped out of the first movie and i say almost because if you if you look in the background like the set decoration for the sheriff in the first movie you'll see a shadow box of medals from the korean war so in the in the book you've got john rambo who is special forces vietnam the sheriff is Special Forces Korean War. And literally that movie is a dichotomy of tactics and philosophies of Korean War to Vietnam War. They are the same person from two different eras going head to head. In the book, that's what makes that book special. The movie strips that out like you get no character development on the sheriff at all other than set decoration that's the only thing that is in the movie that 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 preserves his characterization so i would love to see john rambo back on screen putting that original story back in and personally i would love to see it as a period piece of vietnam versus korea war tactics but i know if we get it today, it would be Desert Storm versus well, what the fuck ever uh, Vietnam or something. But you know what I'm saying. But but the fact that we didn't get that pure story, that dichotomy, that yin and yang in 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 First Blood is a travesty. And I would like to see completely unknown characters, no Sylvester Stallone on screen, just as executive producer only. Uh, I would like to see that pure story brought back. Here's the problem with that. Rambo. <clears throat> no, yep, you're not wrong. For, for better or worse. Um, and uh, uh, what is the, the Tom Morell? Sorry, the author of the original book who wrote the sequel yeah. novelizations for, I think, two and three. Uh, like he even acknowledged it. Rambo has grown way beyond what yeah. he was ever intended to be no. in that yeah. first novel. I agree. And you'll never get funding for a Rambo reboot that is not a over no. the top balls to the wall action yeah. movie. Because yeah. what you're what you're pitching is a uh, 
psychological period piece. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even yeah. call it a war movie uh, no. or an action movie. The, the, the only reason, yeah, the only reason First Blood, the original movie, got away with being made, the only reason Stallone even got cast is no one wanted to touch that. It was yeah. a script about a crazy Vietnam vet going psycho on a town in Colorado. Nobody wanted to touch that script. That's how Stallone got it. Nobody yeah. wanted it. And they they leaned into let's just make it about the action and not about the political stuff. Nowadays you could yeah. put the political stuff back in, but you'd have to crib it as oh no, we're not talking about politics now. We're talking about politics in the seventies. It's yeah. totally different. And, um, and, and you mean, could do that now. Yeah. No, I mean, but you're the problem not is, wrong. yeah, you, you'd have to change the name yeah. of John Rambo to John Smith. Because yeah. as soon as you say Rambo, there's there's expectations that come with no. that. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I agree with that. I agree with the assessment of the original author. The 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 name Rambo uh, has has David grown. Morrell. Sorry, it just came to me. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it, it's grown to the point that you you couldn't do it without. Because as soon as you say Rambo, people have a um, a, a a a predilection in their head um, uh, for what it's going to be. But at the same time, it's still something I think should be done. That That's just me. I would, if you told me, hey, HBO Max is doing a limited series based on the novel First Blood, I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'd be fine with that. That, that. I have no problems with that. But I would also argue that version of John Rambo is not the version that we said held on too long. So Yeah, exactly. I agree. Right. But but when it when it came to things, we were talking about things I think needed to to, to have one last ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the character of John Rambo and the original premise of the novel mm-hmm. needs to have its light in you know it, it it it's light in the sun. It's it's time in the sun. That's the, the, the phrase I'm looking for. It's okay. day in the sun. It's day in the sun. It's sun in the day. It's day, day. in court. Exactly. It's dog in the fight. Yes, it's yeah, it's yeah. oxygen being expelled. Yeah. It's, it's Pat. <laughs> Wait, what? It's, uh, um, it's litigation against Amber Heard. Yeah. Wait. Whoa. What now? Hold on. <laughs> that is what's wrong this whole thing. <laughs> Not that we're naming names on this show. Um, <laughs> Pirate guy and Aqua Lady. Yeah. <clears throat> I am firmly on Team Pirate Guy. I think most of us are. Uh, but that's not weird. So th- those are the characters we think held on for one last ride too long. Uh, and the handful we think deserve uh, um, their time in the spotlight. Their, <laughs> their day in the spot court. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Are there any other characters who got a little too long in the tooth and should have hung it up earlier that we didn't discuss? Um, what are other characters you think should come back? Did you like either part of this show? And should we do more of these? Because I'm sure if we dig deep, we can come up with some more. Um, but that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Um, and we will catch you uh, next week. Until then, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.